0: And then, depression set in. The Capitals were worthy winners. Washington earned it. The Penguins will not take this loss to their graves, as I've seen it written. What they will take to their graves is two straight Stanley Cups, three cups total for Sid, Gino, and Latang. and the window for the Penguins is still wide open. You want perspective? There it is. This is the Mark Madden Show. It's time to pretend about baseball for a while, but not for very long. 412 333 WXDX is the number to call. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. Last night was a winnable game, and it was a winnable series. Kessel was playing hurt, and so was Gino. Brassard never got untracked on the score sheet. Holtby was just brilliant in goal for Washington, and the Capitals just finally got over the top. Like Josh Elie said on Twitter, the Capitals never flinched. They are at long last worthy winners. The Penguins' legacy isn't having lost this series. That's monumentally absurd to say that. I know the knives are out now, but let me know the next time the Steelers win two straight Super Bowls. And let me know the next time the Pirates even win a playoff series. The Penguins are Pittsburgh's number one sports franchise currently. And like I said, the Penguins are not done. they got to shore up their defense and weed out some of the lower level guys that just don't cut it anymore. But the Penguins are not done. If you want to take positives away from this series, well, Sidney Crosby is still the best player in hockey, and that is by a mile. He had 21 points in 12 playoff games and was dominant even when the scoring below him mostly disappeared and the opposition could concentrate on checking him. Against was obviously amazing as well, Gensel just has that big game knack, and I bet he scores 30 next season after a little extra rest. But getting back to Sid, he's just a cut above. Still, McDavid, Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon, they're just going to have to wait a bit because Sidney Crosby is still number one. Brian Dumoulin was also just brilliant in these playoffs. He's okay with the puck, can't score, but his defensive play and his breakout play was just phenomenal. I don't expect a big trade by the Penguins this summer, but maybe, because it does feel like they need an injection, a new blood. They got such energy from the call-ups in 2016 and 17. This year, they didn't get that energy from a guy like Simone, and a few of the call-ups from the last two years really faded. I'm not even sure Connor Sherry is an NHL player anymore, and Rust wasn't as good these playoffs as he had been in the past. I don't like to use it as an excuse, but the Penguins were spent, spent both physically and mentally. Last night was game number 307 over the past three years. I was in the locker room after the loss last night, and they weren't as upset as you might think. Disappointed, of course, but no tears were shed. I even sensed some relief. Like I said yesterday, not practicing, sleeping in. Those things probably seem like a pretty good idea right now. Anyway, let me know what you think, 412-333-WXDX. I'm sure a lot of you are going to point fingers, and if you do, well, I got just the finger for you. That number again, 412-333-WXDX. Chris Letang had a good game last night. The breakaway in overtime came because the Caps were lightning fast in transition, and the right guy got the puck. But LeTang scored, and he was the game's third star, and he will not be traded. Next year, when Tanger is a bit further removed from his neck surgery and has had a full summer to train, I suspect he'll be better. At 31, however, LeTang may need to simplify his game just a bit. Murray let in the Bad first goal, but played real well after that. You know what hurt Murray? He had come back from mourning the passing of his father in mid-January. And he had really found his form when he got concussed at the end of February. Murray missed a month and he came back, but never really played lights out after that. But the Penguins kept the right goalie despite Marc-Andre Fleury's success in Vegas And Murray is a sensational bet to have a great career in the long run. This was a weird playoff. The Pens blew the lead in games four and five versus Washington. Blowing a lead, the Penguins, that doesn't often happen. And they went two and four at home in the playoffs after having the best home record in the league during the regular season. It just went bad. I'm sure everyone has their opinion. You can share it by dialing 412-333-WXDX. I expect Penguin Top will dominate the day. A bunch of Steelers were at the Penguin game last night, and of course they got on the Jumbotron, which is why most of them were there. Alejandro Villadueva took his shirt off and poured beer all over himself. I'd like to take this time to thank Mr. Villanueva for his service to our country. Uh, in that vein, there's going to be a Rambo Five with Sylvester Stallone. Of course, how could you not? Rambo is living in Arizona. His friend's daughter doesn't come back for a party across the border in Mexico. It turns out she's been kidnapped by sex traffickers, so Rambo goes to save her. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that is almost exactly the plot from Taken with Liam Neeson. This is basically Taken starring Rambo. I didn't see Rambo 3 or 4. I've watched one and two numerous times. Three and four just seemed like a bit much. Then again, if it's a reimagining of Taken starring Rambo, I'll watch that. No question, I will watch that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Just around the corner, we'll talk about the infatuation on social media that Pittsburghers now have rooting for Vegas and Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs. Forgive me if I don't jump from my wife to a mistress overnight. I love Mark, but uh, I'm really not thinking in those terms. I mean, I know Cooney, too. He's on Tampa Bay. Then again, Gigolo Jimmy, Derek Englund. I mean, if you made me pick one, it would be, then again... Brooks Orpik, talked to him last night. Talked to his dad, too. Delightful guy. We're also going to keep talking about who you blame when you should blame nobody because it's been one heck of a run since October of 2015. This is the Mark Madden Show. we got Stan Savern at 4.30. Penguins play-by-play man Steve Mears at 5.15. You are listening to the Home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. It hey, was going on, Mark? Hi. Super genius. It's a good buddy. Ask Schaefer your SHRVW. Woo! VX at 105.9. Well, I guess now everybody's going to root for Flurry. I guess I am too, but uh, not with the same passion I support the Penguins. That's for certain. Uh, but if Nashville can win game seven against Winnipeg on Thursday... I think Nashville beats Vegas and then wins the Stanley Cup. I think Tampa beats Washington, and it might be a quick series if Nick Backstrom can't play. That's one thing that made the Capitals' victory last night to close out the series. All the more impressive was that Nick Backstrom didn't play, and with a cast on his hand, it don't look to me like he'll be playing anytime soon. soon. Uh, I give the Caps credit for finally getting past Pittsburgh. And if you saw the interview with Ovechkin after the game, there was legitimate emotion there for finally climbing that mountain at long last. But the main thing is to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I might root for Winnipeg now because they played "Slided in by Whitesnake on the PA between whistles last night. They didn't quite get to the chorus. Not sure you play that chorus over the PA at a hockey game. Uh, It's okay to be disappointed. I don't know if any Penguins fan has the right to be angry. Two straight Stanley Cups is a great accomplishment. That had not been done since 1998 by Detroit, and not before that since 1992 by the Penguins. This is a special group of players, and a special group of men as well. And as I get older, I appreciate these times maybe more than I did in, say, 1992, when I was 31 and still young enough to think it was going to happen over and over again. Uh, but it doesn't. I'm overjoyed to have witnessed a five Stanley Cups. And I'd like more, but if I don't get more, uh, that will make what's happened to date no less special because it is very. A-, a bunch of Steelers were at the Penguins game. Tomlin was there to go on the Jumbotron. Jumbotron. Let's be honest. That's why he's there. Goes like once in a blue moon and gets to wave like the Pope on the Jumbotron. Hey, good for Coach Tomlin. Juju was on the Jumbotron. Probably mad he wasn't on the Jumbotron more. Like I said, Villanueva took his shirt off and poured beer all over himself. Uh, ben was there, but Mason Rudolph was not. I am told that Ben had Mason Rudolph banned from the premises. Uh, hey, how about my boy T.J. McConnell last night? Chartier's Valley represent, yo. The Philadelphia 76ers were facing a sweep at the hands of Boston in the second round. T.J.'s minutes had been down in the playoffs, but last night they started him. So T. plays 39 minutes, gets a career-high 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 dimes, and the Sixers win. T's is a real point guard. And the Sixers are a better team when he plays. When he doesn't, they don't mesh. There's no cohesion. They got all those stars. They need a traffic cop to get the ball to the right star at the right time. Without T, there's no traffic cop. I mean, Embiid, Simmons, they're better off with TJ at point and Simmons kind of on the wing. By the way, TJ did an interview after the game. And he said that when he was in sixth grade, he met Ben Roethlisberger and quote, he wasn't exactly the nicest guy. Unquote. Boy, tough week for Ben. First, the Steelers draft Mason Rudolph. And, and now this, let's go to clay in the car. Clay, you're on with double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Just two questions. Uh, first, do you think Broussard was kind of disappointing in his playoff performance? And, I think he was uh, disappointing in his production. And, and I think, I hate to criticize Sullivan, but I think he was a bit hard done by playing on the fourth line with Jamokes. I, I I, totally I, if agree. I'm Sullivan, I would have had more patience with Broussard than that. And one more question. Uh, Letang did mediocre, so to speak. Do you think this is his last time being a Penguin, or do you think they keep him a little longer? Uh, I think they keep him. I mean, who would replace him? Uh, How many number one defensemen are in this league? Like I said a moment ago, I think once Letang gets a full summer of training under his belt, which he didn't have this past summer because of the neck surgery, uh, the further away he gets from that procedure, the better Tanger's going to be. I do think at 31, he does need to simplify his game a bit. I think he needs to see uh, that that's a reasonable thing for the coaches to want, and that is what they want. Let's go to Dave in Mount Washington. Dave, you're on with Double M. How are you doing? Great. Great. Yeah, I heard a few media types trying to dismiss the fact that the Penguins... Not all of them played 300-plus games, maybe only three or four, okay? And then they're trying to dismiss the fact that, that that could possibly be a factor, fatigue, and they used an analogy that that's like a distance runner running a race. and Yeah, up this back to is really boring year. Goodbye. If you want to talk about what somebody says on another show, call the other show to do it. I'm a cut above. You all know that. Why would you? I mean, sometimes I interject the ramblings of the B team just for comedy relief, except they're not often very funny. Uh, There's no way to ignore that they played 307 games. Now, now what a lot of the media has done in Pittsburgh since last night is they're pointing fingers, they're blaming, they're diminishing what the Penguins accomplished prior because they just pretend to like hockey and don't want to cover hockey, and the minute they can, they kick the Penguins because, here we go, Steelers, here we go. Or, everybody loves baseball. All those old bastards who covered sports when baseball mattered in this town. They pretend it still does. It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all in this town anymore. Let's go to Marianne in Atrona Heights. Marianne. You're on with these super genius. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. First, I'd like to thank you for. I w- I've been. I learned so much from you listening to your show, and you've had such great guests, and I appreciate it. And I just wanted to say thank you. Well, I mean, I'm um, a bigger deal than the guests, though, right? You are. Okay, you are. good. And good. you know, you know what I admire about you is you. You say how you feel. And I and I love that because I'm the same way. I'm a great but, man, to say yes. the least. What else you got? Yes. Okay, and I agree with you as far as the Penguins because yesterday on the post-game interview for Gino, he actually said that he was tired and he was looking forward to spending a summer relaxing. Yeah, I think and Gino I think, actually, uh, he didn't play his best hockey to play us, but I think he was hurt pretty mm-hmm. badly in that Philadelphia series. And I give him right. credit for going out there and battling through the injury and being courageous and doing the best he could. But I think Gino played very hurt, and I think Phil Kessel played very hurt. Uh, let's take one more quick one. Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mark. Right. Hey, you know what? Now that everything's panned out, looking at the Broussard trade, it- is, is that a bad trade? Because in actuality, it's actually very hard to say the defense didn't go down, start going downhill since that trade. I'm not. I'm looking at it as a bro, 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 all the bro, it. bro, 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 bro. They scored one goal last night. Exactly. One goal. It went to overtime. They scored one goal. Okay. The defense didn't cost them that game, and I don't think cost them the series. I just think fatigue, both mental and physical. I think injuries especially to Gino and Phil. And the Capitals are a real good team. The other team figures into the result, too. I know here in Pittsburgh we don't like to talk about that, but I, I was uh, discussing that with Mikey and Big Bob this morning from the KISS FM morning show and with Bill Crawford of DVE as well. Here in Pittsburgh, and I suspected most times, but I think here it's even more prevalent, we think that the home team controls the result totally. And they either win it or they blow it. And the other team doesn't figure in. But in this series, the Capitals very much figured in, especially Braden Holtby. And they were worthy winners. Here's something weird, though. Ovi didn't score in each of the last three games. And I don't think he got a shot on goal on the power play from that spot in the left circle only but once or twice in the whole series. The Penguins did take that away. And Baxter was hurt, and the Caps still won. Funny old game, hockey. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. This is the Mark Madden show. We got Scooch, Amy, and Dan on hold. We'll get to them in just a moment. I'm Mark Madden on one zero five nine the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double N, what's up? In and out like the psychotic version of the Hokey Pokey. Mark, you are a super genius. I know. The X at one zero five nine. Double M on the X. The Penguins have been deleted. It happens to the best of them. 412 wxdx is the number to call. Uh, for me, the big question next year personnel-wise is, how do the Penguins fit in Daniel Sprong? If he's not going to play in the top nine next year, you might as well trade him. And I guess the same goes for Tristan Jari if he's not going to be the backup. The Pens got to be careful that they don't indulge vanity crap for the coaches. I know Mike Buckley likes Casey DeSmith. Buckley's the goaltending coach. And I know Mark Recke, uh, he's an assistant coach. He likes Simon. But Simon and DeSmith aren't NHL regulars. Sprong is better than Simon. Jari is better than DeSmith. That's just how it is. The assistant coaches shouldn't be able to Indulge projects. Frankly, that's how Dan Bilesma got himself in trouble here in Pittsburgh, as well as Michelle Terrien. Iron Mike was a great coach, but Michelle Olette just dressed and played minutes beyond reason. And with Bilesma, and Ray Shiro was at fault for this too Craig Craig Adams, Craig Adams, Craig Adams, Craig Adams. Just a a low-rent fourth-line jamoke that somehow got multi-year contracts and was around so long, he acted like he owned the place. Had coffee with the coaches before practice. I don't see a big trade being made. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, says they might trade Haglin, but I don't see a big market for Haglin. I don't know what you do with Matt Hunwick. Maybe Toronto would want him back, or maybe you play him. I'd have played Hunwick over Ruedel at some point during the playoffs. Not that Ruidal was terrible, but he certainly wasn't great. And I just don't think a guy like Ruedel is cut out to play like 8 or 10 or 12 playoff games in a row. I just don't think he can handle that. Although he wasn't horribly flawed last night, and there's very little you can pin on him in terms of blame. He did a workmanlike job, but I'm not so sure Hunwick would not have done better although that would have meant shifting Alexiak to the right side again. Then again, I thought Alexiak played better on the right than on the left. I play Sprong in the top nine, maybe with Sid and Gensel. I still think at some point, and I am not championing this cause by any means, but at some point they will try to trade Kessel because Sprong is Kessel. Younger and cheaper for sure. Not as good, not yet, but Sprong is Kessel and it's tough to have two guys like that in the same lineup for a prolonged period. I think Dave wanted to talk about what I just mentioned. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with Double M. Hey, what up, man? Uh, what up, Mike? I wanted to say, yeah, uh, about Sprung. If you're not playing on the top six, he had 35 goals in the AHL this year. Um, That's the AHL. I, I know it is, but he's 21, he's good. and So if you're not going to play him, trade him while his trade value is high. And uh I'm not sure how high his uh, trade value is, but go ahead. Uh well I was I am a big fan of him, but I, I guess that's what a lot of people are saying right now. And the same thing I want to ask everybody's jumping the ship on the tang saying it'd be so easy to trade him. I think he's still a bona fide number one, um, and he has a seven million cap hit, so I don't know what the deals would be in place for him and why would you get rid of depth defenseman. He is a all? bona fide yeah. number one. Yep. His cap hit and his up and down season. And his recent injury passed means you wouldn't get a lot of value for him. And at yep. any rate, in almost every deal in the history of sports, whatever team got the better player won the deal. It's all about top-end talent, and Chris Letang is that. And I'm telling you, after a year, hopefully an injury-free year, and able to train this summer, put a full summer's worth of work in, And at 31, maybe he does need to dial his game back and make it a little less complicated. But Chris LeTang will yet be a true number one defenseman. And I think most shifts this year, even in these playoffs, he was. Just he had some bad shifts. And the puck wound up in the penguin net. By the way, that overtime goal by Kuznetsov, one Tanger's fault. Middle of the ice turnover, even as he's joining the rush. And he, you know, he got back as quick as he could. You know what he could have done? Could have broken Kuznetsov's arm. Let's see if he can take a penalty shot with a broken arm. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures, and there is no more desperate measure than a breakaway in overtime. Let's go to Dan and New Ken. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, hey, something I wanted to touch bases on. You, you, whatever fan or whatever. Person in the media wants the to point fingers and be a naysayer that's completely clueless to Penguin hockey.
1: Well, it's no, so I don't think that's scary. always
0: the case. I just think it was the case with most of the stuff I heard and read today. Oh, I agree. And, and I heard and I read some of that as well. It's not anyone's job to be a cheerleader. But when I see, you know, and I, and I think Ron Cook's one of the best columnists in Pittsburgh newspaper history, but when I see him writing that they'll take this failure to their graves, that's just nuts. That's absolutely right, insane. I agree. You've lost three good defensemen, two good centers, and they still persevered the way. Well, yeah, they were stronger at center this year than last, and and just because they didn't win doesn't change that. And and, you know, Daly and Hainsy became unaffordable. And and fan reaction at the end of that game speaks more volumes than anybody in the media or any nation. Oh, the fans gave him a standing O. They they clapped him off the ice even after they lost an elimination game and good for that crowd down there. And you're right. Yeah. They're the people that count most because they paid to get in all these yep. strap hangers on social media who indulge for free, who, 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 who do the bare minimum to say their fans. No, those people in the arena, they're the ones that count. And I always say this. I said it, I think on yesterday's show, this stuff. Oh, I can't afford to go. They priced me out. Shut the frig up. I'll tell the story again. I told it yesterday. I'll tell it every day for the rest of my friggin' life if I have to. When I was a kid, we couldn't afford to go. But my mother taught night school. She taught summer school. So we had money to get Penguin season tickets because we loved it. If you love it, you'll find a way to go. If you're a casual fan, that's fine. But don't pretend you're beyond casual. Believe me. I've been going since I was six. I've been around the Penguins Home Arena, Civic Arena, Mellon Arena, PPG Paints Arena. What was it for a while? Uh, Console Energy Center. I've been there the whole time. I know who's a fan and who isn't. Believe me. I know. Let's go to uh, Byron in the car. Byron, you're on with double M. Byron, you're on the air. Let's go to Tom in the car instead. Tom, you're now on the air. Mr. Madden, good day. Right. Hey, uh, I just wanted to postulate for a minute. Uh, Do you think the Penguins would have won in four games or five games if they had Ian Cole? You being funny or stupid? Uh, I think a little bit of both, right? Let's stick with stupid. Stupid. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Yes, Joe. Hey, uh, for the last two years, I thought the winner out of the Washington and Penn series would win the Stanley Cup. Do you think Washington can win it? Uh, if Backstrom is hurt and can't play in the Tampa series, they can't possibly beat Tampa. If Backstrom could play and be close to 100%, closer than Gino was for the Penguins in this past series, Washington could win it. I think they're a tough matchup for Tampa, just like they are uh, They turned out to be a tough matchup and always have been against Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh has won three of the four playoff series contested against Washington in the Sid Ovi era. Uh, Washington's a good team, and they're big and they're nasty. That's a tough matchup for the Penguins, and it would be also for Tampa, a team that plays just like the Penguins and has a similar makeup personnel-wise. That's if Nick Backstrom Can play. Let's go to Mark in Missouri. Mark, you're on with with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Right. First, thank you very much for the wonderful coverage you provide for the last three seasons of this wonderful team. Last three seasons? Last 22 glorious years? Well, yes. But I know that you're working just as hard as the hockey players on covering them. For the last no, I'm seasons. not. But let, let's get away from the kiss in my ass. And what else did you have to say? I just want to say this team is phenomenal. And you can't go and expect more from them. Well, you could want more. But two Stanley Cups, as I said earlier, nobody had done it since 1998. And nobody had done it since 1992 before that with the Penguins in 91 and 92. And in the post-expansion era. Since 1967, when the NHL doubled from six teams to 12, uh, only two teams have won it three times or more in a row. And I don't count the people who did it before 67. The Canadians won five times in a row at once. I think Toronto did three times in a row twice before expansion. But they only had to win eight playoff games to do it then. There were only two series, semifinals and finals. Uh, the Islanders from 80 through 83... And the Canadians, from 76 through 79, they were winning four series a year. You know, it's funny because you had the four in a row by Montreal back then, four in a row by the Islanders, and then the Oilers came along and you thought they'd win like a bunch in a row, and they did win a bunch. But Montreal won in 86. I think Calgary won in 89. Uh, It's just tough to string them together. And now that the salary cap is in hockey, I think two in a row might be the max uh, now and forever. Let's go to Dave at Clarksville. Dave, I took the last train there once. Dave, what do you want? Hey, what's going on, WM? Hi. Hey, what was your uh, what was your thought last night? Uh, what was your first thought when Chief Natchoff got that lead pass in overtime? My first thought was 5 hole. He burned the mud on that. He's a good player who made a good move, just like he did in in Game 5 at Washington. Um, Sid made the pass that led to the turnover, but I thought that was a great stick-on-puck play by Kuznetsov, again, coming under the heading of the other team having good players, too. The other team also trying, the other team wanting to win just like your team does. Let's go to Travis in Johnstown. Travis, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Everybody around here sees that Latang is at fault for the whole series for the whole playoff. What I do you mean in Johnstown? Out, right? Yeah. Who cares what yeah. they think up there? I agree. All oh, my buddies, you guys, you got set the story, Mark. Everybody, everybody's putting the blame on him. Uh, you know, I bet that he... That's because everybody has to have a scapegoat. Right. I, hey, I, what's I, the I story do... on that dog? Hello, <laughs> you heard me. What's the story on that dog? I, I don't. I don't pay attention to the dog. <laughs> Goodbye. You had to have seen Slapshot. Hey, Latang is no less at fault than everybody else. Cliché to say, but you win as a team, you lose as a team. I love that people are still bashing Latang when he was the number three star last night and scored the game's only goal for Pittsburgh. You got to have someone to blame. What you should do is look in the mirror and say, "Why don't I make more? Why isn't my wife better looking? Why are my kids so stupid? How can I improve my life?" That's what you should be doing. 412 333 Uh In just a moment, uh you know, it's scary to think. Washington's a pretty good team, right? You know who they traded just a couple of years ago. Philip Forsberg. Did you see the goal he scored last night? Oh, my God. We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, on my webpage, the Mark Madden page at the X website, did you know the original cut of Caddyshack was four hours long, the rough cut? I posted a deleted scene from Caddyshack that not too many people have seen featuring Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. Uh, The scene, the playthrough scene at Carl's uh, house, so to speak, that was the only scene that Chevy and Bill were in the movie together because they didn't like each other. But by the end of that scene, they did like each other. There was one other scene that got shot with the two and Danny Noonan in frame, and you can see that on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And his drink, smoked pot, figured if he showed up at Rehab Wreck, it gave him a better shot at getting most improved. The X at 105.9. The Penguins played their hearts out last night and in this series. Their skill just abandoned them to a large degree. You never figure that would happen, but it did. Some guys couldn't make a patch or catch a pass. Uh, Kessel was playing badly hurt, I think. And Malkin wasn't 100% either. And some guys just didn't do anything. Sherry didn't do anything. Simone didn't do anything. Uh, you know who had a good series and Game Six, within the context of what he can do and is asked to do, Coonhackle, and he hit the post in overtime, an inch to the right, and we're talking about Game Seven tomorrow with DC. Uh, we got no hockey now till Game Seven between Nashville and Winnipeg on Thursday. Vegas is just waiting and resting. How about that goal Philip Forsberg scored last night? Between the legs with the wrister. How about the Capitals traded Forsberg to Nashville for Martin Erot and some other jabroni in 2013? George McPhee is a genius now as the general manager for Vegas. He wasn't a genius when he made that trade as the GM of the Capitals. Uh, We talked before about TJ McConnell and his great last night, uh, great game last night for the 76ers as they avoided a sweep at the hands of Boston. How about Cleveland sweeping Toronto in the NBA? And LeBron's going to get to his eighth straight final with a crap team that he ruined by mandating all kinds of crazy trades. LeBron is doing this mostly on his own, getting Cleveland to the final. I just wish Kyrie Irving was healthy for when Cleveland plays Boston in the conference final because that would be emotional to say the least but Kyrie is out for the year. And Gordon Hayward for Boston he's a good player and he's been out all year. But it's the NBA so I don't really care beyond what I just did which is filling about 45 seconds of airtime. Let's go to Rob in Florida. Rob, you're on with Double F. Hey, Mark. I uh, wanted to see if I can get your take on, now that the season's over, uh, Kind what are your take on the Broussard trade at this point? I still like Um, the Broussard trade. Broussard's going to be here next year, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I do believe they're going to keep him, but you think that it it brought to light an area that was even, it was a weakness for them all season, even became more of a weakness because they lost a, a solid defender? How many goals did they score last night? Uh, Let's see, one. How many did they allow? Two. That includes overtime, right? Sure. So which weakness lost the game last night? Well, I mean, last night it would have been nice if they could have scored a couple more goals, obviously, but I do think... They lost the series because the secondary scoring went to hell and because two of their bigger threats were injured. If you want to imagine that this number 5 defenseman, Ian Cole, was the guy who held it all together on defense, you go ahead and imagine that. But you're living in a fantasy world and really don't understand the game or this team or what happened at all. Is there anything else? Well, do you think they could have brought in a defenseman rather than... Now, which part of me telling you you didn't understand what happened... Didn't you understand right now? The defense didn't lose the series. Fatigue and lack of secondary scoring lost the series. Injuries to Kessel and Malkin lost the series. The fact that Latang and Murray were a bit off their games, not terrible and not even totally or all the time, but a bit off their games. But you just want to keep bringing it back to Ian Cole. And well, make no, no mistake. No, no, no. Practice. No, no, no. When you say should they have added a defenseman that is passively, aggressively touting the loss of Ian Cole, even if you're too stupid to know it, I'm not. Bro, well, go, go, go. Exactly, go, Bro, exactly. go. Goodbye. Goodbye. Go go, take off your pants and put on your Ian Cole jersey. You'll feel better. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. We got Darrell, Egyptian Magician, and EJ on hold. We'll get to them in just a moment. In 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you one adjustment I think the coach has to make next year, Mike Sullivan. I'm Mark Mann, 105.9.